Welcome to the Savage Leader Podcast, where I interview leaders from all walks of life so that you can walk away with tips to apply to your life and your career. But this isn't your traditional leadership podcast, because I believe that leadership tips come from successful entrepreneurs and business executives, of course, but they also come from unexpected places, like from Navy SEALs, successful professional athletes, sports coaches, musicians, entertainers, and more. So let's dive right in to today's episode. My hope is you walk away with something tangible that you can apply immediately to your life and your career. Today's guest on the Savage Leader podcast is Larry Levine. Larry is the author of Selling from the Heart, a book that has kicked off a company and movement helping sales leaders sell more authentically. Larry, thanks for coming on today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Good to see you, Darren. Likewise. So take us back in time. How did you get into the world of sales? <laughs> hey, how much time do we have? About four, four or five hours. Sound good? Are we having? Are, are we going to have Joe Rogan ask podcast here? Uh, hopefully not, but uh, we can go that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I would say I fell into sales. So, and I write about a little bit in Selling from the Heart, but I double majored in college. I actually wanted to be a pharmacist. I worked my way through college in a pharmacy, but I couldn't pass chemistry. So I said, well, if I can't pass college chemistry, there's no way I'm going to be a pharmacist. Well, the next best thing was to get into pharmaceutical sales because I was working in a pharmacy as a pharmacy tech. And I go, that's kind of cool. I see people in nice suits and company cars and all that. And I, I got enamored after I just, you know, said, hey, I'm not going to be a pharmacist. I became enamored with sales just because I saw pharmaceutical sales reps come in. So I double majored in college in health science and marketing. And I went through all the on-campus interviews and I was always losing out. I was losing out to salespeople because they had sales experience and I didn't. I just had college degrees, no sales experience. So I remember I was getting married shortly right after I graduated college. My father said, hey, you need to go get a job. You're getting married. You got to go get a job. And so now I'm going to date myself, Darren, and, and all the listeners. I open up the yellow pages. So now I've just officially dated myself. And I found the largest ad there was for a copier dealership because my dad had said, hey, you know, I heard if you can sell copiers and last one year, you're worth your weight in gold in sales world. I parlayed that into a 28, almost 29-year career selling copiers throughout the Los Angeles marketplace. Great times, but I learned something along the way that if I was going to survive in a very dysfunctional sales environment with broken promises and busted dreams, a lot of sales turnover, a lot of mistrust and so forth, I had to do things completely different. So I took, I, I just brought in how I was raised and I was raised by a a father who was a rocket scientist for the United States Air Force and a highly relational mom. I smashed that together, Darren, and I brought that to the sales world in a very unique way. I brought high relationship and deep caring appreciation to every single person I came across. I took better care and I outcared my clients than anybody else. And I wasn't the smartest person out there. I just knew that if I could bring the relationship aspect to the forefront. I'm talking about deep, meaningful relationships, about care and respect, and even the L word, the love word. It would change. And sure enough, it catapulted me through the copier channel on the LA marketplace. I built deep, meaningful relationships with my clients that are still friends to this day, all because I was willing to do things completely different. 
Where did you learn that? I mean, I think about selling copiers and probably that's a, imagine competing on price and so forth, but what, who are your mentors? Where do you go to, to learn all this and, and not to sell features and benefits and price, which still, whether it's copiers or in, in today's world, technology and software and so forth, but where did you actually go about learning and to do that? So it's interesting that you bring it up is um, I'm a big believer that people are products of their environment. Now, we can say that about leaders and salespeople as well, your products, your environment. I look back on how I was raised and I was raised by a highly educational father and a very loving relationship oriented mother. And I picked that up early on and I carried that forward because I was real observant. My very first year in sales was really unique. I learned a lot. And it was one of the most dysfunctional times of my life because I saw how salespeople were acting. I saw what they were doing and not doing. I saw how they were treating customers. I saw what was happening at the end of the month. I, I went on write-ups and I saw what was said and I listened to what was said and not said. I said, you know, there has to be a better way. The very and So to answer that, I kind of brought together how I was raised, but there was two books that I read my first year in sales. First book was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Second book was How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. Two legends. In fact, Tom's a personal friend of mine. And I took the relationship aspect of Dale Carnegie's book, because I think it's about building relationships and changing the way people think. And I just took the root foundation of How to Master the Art of Selling. And I just applied those. But there was something else that I did that carried me through the beginning part of my career is I'm a, I'm a very inquisitive person and I like asking a lot of questions. And I remember asking all of my customers, how would they like to be treated? What do they like? What do they don't like about salespeople? What's a great experience? What's a not so great experience? What would wow you? You can craft that perfect salesperson if that person ever existed. What would that person look like? And I was just willing to try new things. But I think here's where it takes a little bit of a turn is I really never had a great sales manager or for that matter, a leader. And based on how I was raised, I said to myself this, if I can't hold myself accountable, nobody else will because they weren't. So I doubled down on myself. I doubled down on learning. I just taught myself self-accountability and just to always be learning and learning and learning and never rest on my laurels because, you know, I'm raised with a father who's a rocket scientist, a mom who's highly relational. They both despise salespeople and I go into sales. So I had all this going against me. All I did was just bring all of this to the forefront. And it's called a sales profession for a reason. I just carried myself as a professional, but I just was an avid reader and I loved asking questions and I would just seek help and I was never afraid to ask for help. Yeah, it's such a great point. Just having that outward focus, but also just underscores a bigger point. It's not just in sales, which is this this whole idea of, of lifelong learning and self-development because you can't always rely on having a manager or, or hopefully they're not more than a manager. They're a coach and they're a leader who can develop. You got to take it on yourself to learn, not just within the context of a job, but also even probably more importantly is between jobs. Most companies aren't going to prepare you actively for the job that you want to have down the road. So it's really upon each of us to continue that growth and development. 
Yeah. And I always invested in myself, whether that be the books I read or stuff that I listened to. So now again, I'm going back to dating myself because this was pre-internet is, you know, the CD tapes and the cassette tapes that I listened to fast forward today, obviously all that's online and their podcasts and you go on YouTube and accomplish the same thing. But what was really interesting, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I remember this goes back a long time ago. I was listening to something that he said, and it, it's just stuck in my head, Darren. And he said this, he goes, because he reads, he's just an avid reader. And he went on to say that, you know, he encourages people to read 30 minutes a day. And I took that to heart because he said, if you don't read 30 minutes a day, weeds start to grow in your mind. And if we look at this in the tur- in the world of sales and leadership and so forth, if we're not constantly feeding our mind and constantly feeding our brain new things, to me, our brain just kind of just goes into this lull complacency mode. And, and I don't have a doctorate in any of this, but I've experienced it where if I don't read things for a while, if I'm not feeding my brain, I know it starts to happen. So I always made it a quest to always learn something new and read something every single day. Yeah, I think that sometimes what gets in the way for people is I just don't have time. And I think one thing I know that helped me and helps other people as well is, is even redefining what work is. And work isn't just, for me, it was always billable hours as a consultant. And work is building your business, learning new things and reading and recasting that. I, I know even with reading in particular, I go, gosh, there's so much I want to go do and read. But it's like, you know what? Carve out time midweek because that's such an important thing. And I love that. Is, is If you don't read, weeds start growing in your brain. What a great soundbite. It is, but but here's what's interesting, and I want to touch on this time for a second because I think we a lot of people in and I'm not here to disrespect anybody by no means, but I think we use the time as an excuse. I don't have time to do this. Well, how are you managing your time and what energy are you putting forth to do it? So this is where and again, I remember one of my very first mentors taught me this, Darren. And this gentleman said, Larry, he goes, figure out when your brain works the best and capitalize on it. Do all your heavy lifting and all of that when your brain is alert and when you're fresh. And I just happen to be a morning person, a really early morning person. Forever in a day, I've been getting up at three o'clock in the morning, seven days a week. I have, even when I was in my set, you know, in sales and even with what I'm doing today, but I carve out that early morning to work on me. And part of working on me is reading. And I will literally read 30 minutes a day. That's it. It's however much I can read in 30 minutes. And I think we, whether you're in sales, whether you're in leadership or any parts of your career, I think we can all agree we can carve 30 minutes of a day out to read. Doesn't necessarily have to be a book right? You could read an online article. You can watch a podcast. You can watch something on YouTube that's educational. 30 minutes a day, you'll be amazed what starts to happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it's like I think about about writing and I've just, just writing every day, making that an active muscle that you're working on. So being really intentional about that. And it could be writing anything and not always judging the output. Sometimes it's easy to go, well, what did I learn? What did I actually gain? Did I actually get a blog post finished? Did I get a book finished? Did I finish that book? Did I learn something? I think it's a lot of it's rewarding the act of actually doing, not always just the outcome of doing that. Boy, you bring up a good thing about writing because you and I have had some sidebar conversations about this. I didn't learn how to write when I was young. I learned how to write. I mean, I'll, I'll be 57 here pretty soon. 
I learned how to write when I was in my 50s. And when I talk about writing, I'm, I'm talking about writing blog articles and stuff like that. And obviously, it led me to write Selling from the Heart. But I think by doing something with consistency and discipline over time, you start to learn new things. And I'm a big believer that everybody has the capability of writing. You know, you bring this up. We've spoken about it before. It's just a muscle you got to work. And, you know, coming out of sales in other part of my backstory is I was fired at 50 years old. I was fired from a high paying corporate sales job at 50, which led me into doing what I'm doing now. And I had to learn new things. And I had to create new disciplines and I had to create new habits. And a lot of it was just getting noticed and sharing stories and all that. And it was through the power of writing that my story got told. And that's how people started to figure out what I was all about in the movement, you know, being created at Selling from the Heart. But it was all about writing, Darren. So, it, I mean, it's something that you get, we can't take for granted. I don't care whether it's reading or writing. Let's go back to the three things. Reading, writing, and I'll throw in arithmetic, right? Is all the things that we have to do that we did when we were kids. So we got to double down on now. We got to continually be learning all these things. Well, I'd love just to transition a little bit. You mentioned selling from the heart. So how did that come to fruition? Obviously, you have a great success with the book and the podcast and creating courses. It even manifested itself as a company. So take me back to the beginning of selling from the heart. So it, it all started. I will. T- it started with the podcast, but I, I just touched on it a little bit ago. At fifty years old, you know, I was blindsided and I was let go of a company in, inside of a company, and I had to figure out what to do. And it, it was. It would have been so easy for me just to go back to what I knew. I could have been a VP of sales, and I could have rode out in a very complacent sunset in the copier channel here in the Los Angeles marketplace. But I did a couple things. I reached out to my network. And I reached out to my inner circle to start asking for help just to kind of share, hey, here's, here's what happened. And I was looking to tap networks, Darren, and so forth. And my wife had said, hey, you know, it'd be easy for you to go be a VP of sales, but I know you very well. Six months from now, you'd be bored. And then you'd be looking for something else. And I remember the very first conversation I had was with Daryl Amy. And Darren, you know Daryl because he's been on our podcast. And I called Daryl just to reach out to him, share my story. And I was looking to tap his network. Who does Daryl know that knows somebody that I could at least have a conversation with? And shortly into the conversation, Daryl flips the switch on me, Darren. And he goes, whoa, whoa, time out. You don't need to go out and find another job. You need to go out and coach sales teams and sales leaders. What made you so different and unique in the copier channel? how you brought sincerity and substance and influence networks and built deep relationships with people. You need to go out and coach salespeople on how to do that. I'd never done any of this before, ever. Here I am at 50 years old, but I go, you know what? Why not? Why not give it a shot and see what happens? If it doesn't work, I know I can go back into sales. In the first year and a half, two years, I will tell you this, Darren, it's pretty rough. It was, I, was, I was trying to figure it out and I was trying to figure it out Two things happened. This was right before the podcast, and we touched on writing. And I'm I'm bringing this up because it ties everything together. Is I had a conversation with a guy named Keenan. His first name is Jim, but he takes Jim off and he goes by Keenan. And he actually wrote the code on the front of Selling from the Heart. And this goes back two weeks before Christmas in 2015. We started sharing backstories. We had both very similar backstories. But he shared something with me that forever changed the course of where I'm at now. He says, if you want to get noticed in the marketplace, you got to learn how to write and you got to consistently write to your audience. 
And from that point forward, I've written an article every single week for now, gosh, almost six and a half years. The reason why I'm sharing this is that helped me get my story out. It spoke to my marketplace and it started to get traction and build a little movement around who I was and how I can help. But it wasn't until I, I kind of convinced Daryl to start a podcast with me. And he goes, what are two ex-copier guys going to talk about that anyone will listen to? And I said, I don't know. We'll figure it out. He goes, but I'm all in under one condition. You must come up with a really good name or you're going to podcast by yourself. And I said, we'll call it Selling from the Heart. That was four and a half years ago. And at that time, four and a half years ago is when Selling from the Heart was born. And you've been on the podcast, so you know the nature of the podcast, Darren. And we were just going to bring heart and sincerity and authenticity to the forefront in the sales profession in an environment that it's sorely lacking. And so through the podcast, the movement started to come about. The book came out three years ago, and it's been an e-ticket ride ever since. But I, I think what makes us unique and what makes me unique is I'm willing to talk about things in the business world that people think about, but they have a hard time bringing it to the surface. And that's heart and sincerity and love, care and respect. You know, we can wrap this up and call it the soft skills, but it's the, it's the things that relationships are built on. And whether you're in sales or whether you're in leadership, relationships matter. And selling from the heart and the movement we're creating helps build the relational bridges and the gaps that exist, and it helps build the trust gaps and the bridges that exist out in the business world. And so in a very short period of time, it was through a podcast and through the book that the movements began. Talk to me about selling from the heart. You talked about sincerity and, and even love, which is probably a word you don't hear in many boardrooms, right? And you definitely don't hear in sales conversations. So take me back to just to digging that a little bit deeper in terms of selling from the heart. What does that mean, practically speaking, for a salesperson, a sales leader, sales executive, or even someone who doesn't have a formal selling task as part of their role? Yeah. So I'm going to preface this and say, listen, I don't have a PhD in psychology. I don't have a master's in human behavior. I'm not bringing collegiate level terms to the forefront. However, I'm bringing this through a practitioner's eyes through you know almost three decades in sales and how I was raised is I'm a big believer in this. And here's what I'm going to challenge people on. It's going to answer your question here in a second, Darren, is if we can bring in our personal relationships, we can bring things like love and sincerity and care and respect to our personal relationships. All I did was be able to remove the barrier and I brought that right to my professional relationships because to me, that's how relationships are born. So to me, selling from the heart is doing the same thing that you do in your personal life. You bring it to your professional life. It all starts with doing the inner work. And I've always been a big fan of doing the inner work. And I always say this, the inner heart work that you do, H-E-A-R-T, the inner, the inner heart work you do is the hardest things that you're going to do, but it's the most rewarding. And I say this because in order to sell from the heart, you got to get your heart right. And unfortunately, a lot of times our, our hearts are misaligned to what we're doing and it's hard to sell from the heart. You know, now that we're into the podcast four and a half years, it's our, it's our question, right? You experienced it when you came on the podcast. We always ask people, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart? And I've heard some really great, great, great responses. But I think the two that hit home 
that I think bring this to, to full circle is this. I remember somebody said, it's hard to sell from the heart if your heart's broken. Somebody else went on to say this, it's hard to sell from the heart if your heart's not right. So in order to sell from the heart, we got to be willing and commit to work to the inner part of what we do, which is hard work. So I'm a big believer selling from the hearts is a, is a culmination of three things. It's about heart set, getting your heart right, getting your mind right, and always continually to hone in on your skill set and always have your customer or your client, however you want to refer to them, best interest at heart. Yeah, I love that. I mean, obviously, I think a lot about the inner journey, of course, and mindsets and skill sets, but I talked about heart set. That's pretty interesting. And I imagine also in terms of just people hearing that, and that's, that's I'm all about the squishy, but that's even like the squishy of the squishy in terms of getting your heart set, getting your mind right. Talk about what that actually means and then how you actually get people to, to make that leap. Because that's a pretty big leap for most people. It's a huge leap. Let me share it to you this way. In business, we've heard this before. And so this is the best way to describe this. And I think it, I think everyone who's listening will really understand this is how many times in the business world, whether you're in sales or you're in leadership, by the way, I think everyone's in sales is we've heard this expression before. And I'm going to use you as an example, Darren, if that's okay. So, you know, that's just, that's just say, um, I'm a C-level executive and you're trying to sell me something and I got to let you down easy because I'm deciding to take my business elsewhere. I'm deciding to do business with somebody else. And we've all heard this before. Darren, you know, our team under careful consideration and so forth, we weighed this really heavy. We went back and forth, but we decided to take our business elsewhere. Darren, I don't want you to take this personal. It was only a business decision. How many times have we heard that before? It may not be exactly rolled out like that, but I think you get where I'm going with this. I can see that even just in whether you're in client services, you're selling, whether you're interviewing for a job, whether you're dating, frankly, right? Dude, it's so true. It's so true. But I, I bring this up for a reason because business is personal. And I brought my heart to the forefront because the more comfortable I made somebody feel, the more comfortable they would start opening up. Now, and, and the reason why I say this is I grew up in a channel that was highly commoditized. Heck, I sold copiers my whole life, Darren. There wasn't one difference between copier A and copier B in the minds of my clients and future clients. So I couldn't really differentiate on product, right? That was, I mean, in their eyes, we're on an equal playing field. What my differentiation was, was how fast I got to somebody's heart. How fast did I connect to that person and relate to that person? How fast can I make Darren feel, right? How, how fast can I get Darren comfortable with me? So in tune, Darren, and Darren will start opening up and start sharing things. Does it work with everybody? No, of course not. I can't do business with everybody. However, what I did was I soon found out who are like-minded business people and like-hearted business people. And when I started to create that alignment, magic started to happen. I had deals that I sold that were at higher profit margins than anybody else. I wasn't smarter than anybody. In fact, there's people way smarter than me. There was people that would way out strategize me. But when it came to care and when it came to respect and when it came to bringing even the love word to the forefront, I had no problem doing it because I got vulnerable enough with myself that I was willing to bring it 
to the forefront. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are afraid to do. They're afraid to bring it to the forefront because they create all these stories in their head. Well, gosh, man, if I do all this stuff with Darren and he ends up not buying anything from me, I look like a tool, right? I'm just throwing it out there. It's This is my challenge is if we can bring this to our personal relationships, this is my challenge. Why can't we bring it to our professional relationships? That's the $64,000 question. I was just willing to do it. I removed the barrier. How do people practically do that? I mean, that's a pretty big leap. I think a lot of people have a hard enough time, frankly, being vulnerable and being more heartfelt, even in their personal lives. I mean, how do you get, you know, an experienced salesperson who succeeded in different ways? How do you get them to make that shift? Like, what are some practical things that someone can do? Obviously, you talked about the inner work, the self-reflection, but what can someone do, practically speaking, to be more connective in terms of with their clients and customers? First thing is, is go back. This is what I would, I encourage people to do it all the time is go back to your customers, go back to your customers and ask them, what do they truly crave? And again, I'm a big believer in the words that people use and the messaging that people use. And you got to be willing to ask this. It's amazing when, you know, when I work with salespeople and sales teams, they have a hard time doing this because they craft all these stories in their head of why they can't do this. And boy, I'm now I'm really putting myself out there and I don't know what I'm going to hear, but it's amazing. I mean, I just ask them to try, just go to one of your customers, start asking them, right? What words would you use to describe me? How have I been taking care of you? In fact, you know, what do, what are the words care and respect and appreciation? What do they mean to you? How would you feel? If somebody brought care, respect, appreciation, and love to the forefront as a salesperson, how would that make you feel? Can you imagine people doing that, Darren? I coach people to do this just to ask. It takes a while and it's really uncomfortable. But the only way you're going to grow as a sales professional is you got to be willing to do uncomfortable things. This is really uncomfortable stuff, but I know people can do it because they do it in their personal lives. That's my challenge. And again, this isn't doctorate level stuff, but I know people can do this because they've done it in their personal lives. And if you can do it in your, in your personal lives, if you can do it in your professional life, watch what starts to happen to the relationships that you form and watch how that starts to transfer into, now they will open up literally, they will open up to other people and say, man, I can't believe this sales guy that I have or the sales lady that I have. Most relationship-oriented person, they bring care and respect to the forefront. You should check this person out. Again, it's not rocket it's not rocket science stuff, Darren, but it's really difficult because it does cross the line for a lot of people. And they're not willing to cross that line. Just try it. I remember this goes this goes back, gosh, 20 some odd years ago. I was out on a ride out with one of actually, I was in a really unique position when I had a copier dealership. I was in sales and I also had business partners. And I was on a ride out with my business partner. For those who don't know what ride outs are, we just spent the day together. We just spent the day together, go see customers, and then we'd go on a couple appointments. And I would literally walk in and hug people. Now I'd bro hug people and I'd give ladies hugs and things like that. And we'd go out into the car and he goes, you're the only person I know that could pull this off. And again, I want your listeners that I'm not crossing the lines in an HR kind of way, Darren, and, and all that. That's not 
what I'm here to say. But what I am here to say is there is a way in a real subtle way. I brought that love to the forefront because I grew up in this commoditized sales channel, but I just knew that if I can tug on somebody's heart and I could bring care and emotion in how I was raised to sales, I was willing to do it. I had nothing else to lose at the time. And I saw it work. And I go, I'm just going to keep doing this because that's who I am. That's how I was raised. And that's how I carried myself in the sales world. And that's how we built selling from the heart. Again, it's, it's creating the alignment of people who believe in this, who want to become better. This isn't for everyone. I always say this is not for the weak at heart. It's really not. And it's just, and you know, it's just like, it's no different than what you do, Darren, in, in leadership stuff. There's people that are going to align to your message and there's people who's not going to align to your message. I can't convert somebody who's a non-believer into any of this. And I tried long, long time ago. But people who believe in authenticity and heart and sincerity in the business world, then we bring this to the forefront and we just magnify it and we just do it and we do it and we do it over and over and over again until it becomes routine. Yeah, no, and something you haven't said, but something I've learned from my own life is through writing the book, I became more comfortable with being more authentic and I've brought that more into the the cl- work that I do with clients. And the unexpected benefit was it's actually more fun just to be more, to show more of your real self. And I suspect that with you selling from the heart, it's, it is more of that personal relationship. So there can be more joy and more personal fulfillment from your role. Yeah, I always tell people, I got nothing to hide. I really don't. I removed that a long time ago. If I'm going to build relationships with people, they're really going to get to know who I am. And the way I act, you know, the way I act online, the way I carry myself online is exactly the same way I am if you met me face to face somewhere. I always tell people I'm the most transparent person you're going to meet. All you got to do is ask, I will tell. Sometimes you don't even have to ask, I'll just tell. But what was interesting is I had mentioned that the more comfortable I made people feel, the more comfortable they would start sharing things which meant I had to go first. I had to share a little bit of me in order for them to share a little bit of them. I'm a big Steve Harvey fan, Darren. And I know you know who Steve Harvey is. I'm a big Family Feud junkie. Yeah, I'm a big Family Feud junkie. But I remember, I remember watching, this was a couple years ago, I remember watching a YouTube video that he did. And he talks about that at birth, everyone's been given a gift. And he goes on to talk about his gift was, he believes that he was, been given the gift of being funny because he believes that you don't go to college to learn how to be funny. You don't get a degree in being funny. You're either funny or you're not funny. But he talks about the gift as something at birth that you've been given that comes easy and natural to you that you don't think about. For me, bringing heart and sincerity and authenticity to the forefront, I don't think about. It comes easy and natural to me. It doesn't come easy and natural to a lot of people. However, I think we're all genuine, authentic people. We just choose to carry ourselves the way we carry ourselves. But I believe authenticity and heart and all that's a lifestyle. It's just not something you can just flip on and say, hey, I think I'm going to try this today. If it works, great. If it doesn't, oh well. It's something that you just, I think it's ingrained in all of us. It's just how we choose to carry ourselves. And how do you do that? If you're imagining people sitting there thinking, gosh, this, this sounds great. I, I think I'm, I'm okay, or I'm ready to start being a little bit more personal or more vulnerable, whatever the words they may choose. How can someone actually, practically speaking, know they're ready for that and get started? I would just start really simple, right? Even just jot down on a piece of paper and go old school, right? 
what are some of my core values? What do I want to be known for? How would I describe myself? Simple things like that. That's where I started, is I just started with my values. What do I want to be known for? How would people describe me? And so forth. And, and I just started to write it down. I started to internalize it. And I started to ask people, how would you describe me? What words would you use to describe me? What's value mean to you? And I just started to smash all of this together. Again, this isn't a, a doctoral level stuff. I kind of just taught myself this stuff because I was just willing to ask. And I just went on these journeys to find out. And that's what I just bring in, into working with salespeople. It's just coming right through a practitioner's point of view and to say, hey, if you can do a couple of these things and reflect upon it. And then I, I love reading stuff like this. So maybe that's where it comes from as well, is I'm on the quest to always learn stuff about this. Absolutely. One of the things that stood out to me in your book, well, amongst other things, is you talked about Friday at 5 p.m. firing yourself and then hiring yourself on Monday at 8 a.m. Talk to me about that. I know you, the weekend is obviously the magic, but what does that mean? Why do you do that? What's the actual process of doing that? What does that, what does that benefit you? It's just to mentally say, you know, what, what have I been doing, right? So I said, you know, just imagine if, and this isn't literal, but if you just mentally said, okay, Darren, you're fired, right? You're fired. It's Friday at five o'clock. You're fired. Now you got to think about what you've been doing with yourself, what that week looked like, what the month looked like, what the quarter looked like. What got you to where you're at? And you used the weekend to think about it. And then you rehired yourself on Sunday night before you went to bed or first thing Monday morning with a fresh mindset and a fresh outlook on life, what would happen? It just, it's just to get people to think, Darren. And that's why I wrote Selling from the Heart the way I did. It was to kind of poke the bear a little bit, but it's to say, hey, listen, we can all agree we can do so much better than we're doing. But we got to be willing to look ourselves in the mirror and say, I can do better. I will do better. Um, throughout the whole book, because I'm a sales geek at heart, I talk about the difference between sales reps and sales professionals. And the whole reason why I wrote it the way I did was I was harder on myself than anybody else. And I'm just saying, imagine what would happen if you worked harder on yourself than anybody else did on you. That's the whole purpose behind this is just to get people to think, hey, if you fired yourself on Friday at five o'clock and you thought about it long and hard over the weekend, as far as what are you doing to yourself and you rehired yourself with a fresh perspective, what would happen? I love that for a lot of reasons. Such a practical thing you can do. I and mean, one, it forces you to look really critically at the way that you're spending your time and whether you're managing your time effectively or focusing on your highest and most important tasks, but also... Are you living up to those values that you talked about that are really important to you? But then I also like the idea of if you're rehiring yourself, it's a little bit of a flipping the page, so to speak, in terms of acknowledging those things that that you do well. And like it's a it's a fresh start. It's an acknowledgement of the successes you've had. But even more importantly, it's just like let's reset ourselves. Let's let's realign with what matters most and and set the path moving forward. I mean, I don't know if that's any part of the process you do, but that really makes me think about so much richness you can gain from a very simple exercise. And it's interesting because I just love every aspect of sales, but this, this applies to just about anything in life these days is we live in this world where they don't trust people straight across the board. 
I think trust is at an all-time low. I don't care if you're in business, you're in sales. It doesn't really matter. We can all agree trust is extremely low right now. And everyone's skeptical about what everyone has to say. And then you're really keying in and listening to people because we think that a lot of people are fully you-know-what, right? BS acronym. So I always kept this in my in the back of my head. If I operate in a world where they don't trust me, they're skeptical about everything I have to say, and they think you're full of, you know what? The way you change people's perspective is to carry yourself with integrity, to lead your life with authenticity, to be sincere, to being cared, to bring respect to the forefront. It changes how you're viewed. And watch what starts to happen in conversations and relationships. It's really interesting because these are all the things that people talked about a hundred years ago. It's no different, right? I read How to Win Friends and Influence People in the late 80s, and that book was written in 1937. I, I just think over time, a, again, I'm just going to say we've overcomplicated a lot of things. I've just kept things really simple. I led a simple life in sales. I lead a simple life in how I work with people. I'm a big believer you double down on the basics and you double down on relationships. Relationships drive business and relationships drive your personal life as well. Remove those and what do you have? We're humans. We crave human connection and we crave a sense of belonging. It's no difference, no different in business. Yeah, I think that's, it's interesting is I think people step over that so many times. I think, oh, we've got the hottest new tech. You know, you have to find some way to stand out. But what you're saying is keeping it simple is, is connect in a real humanistic way. And I remember, I forget who said this, but people buy from people they like. And buy, I don't mean just as if you're a salesperson, if you're in a negotiation, finding strategic partners, getting hired, dating, et cetera, it really comes down to creating that real human connection. Yeah, you know, and in the, and in the beginning, you know, Darren, they may not know me, they may not like me, and they may not trust me. That's just the way it is. However, if I can make them feel comfortable with me, and if I can connect and relate to them immediately, to me, that's the first part of the process is connect and relate. Those are the two words that I think everyone needs to ingrain and really understand. Hey, how do I connect with that person? And how can I relate to that person at a human level? And here's what's interesting. We live in this technology-driven world. Everybody hides behind technology. But how do we humanize ourselves through the use of technology to better connect and relate to people? And the only way, in my opinion, that you can truly connect and relate to somebody is you got to find a place into their heart. And if you don't, everything's kept on the surface. And it's just, to me, it's just first word that comes to my mind is a passive relationship. So what's next? What's next for Selling from the Heart? Obviously, you've done so much in terms of starting with a podcast, a book sales training, sales coaching, like what's the future hold? Like what are you guys looking at doing next in terms of bringing this message to more people in a more meaningful way? The next journey is selling from the heart just around the corner. So the outline for the second book's done. It's still selling from the heart, but it's no more empty suits, which plays off of the last chapter of selling from the heart. The subtitle is going to be how sales professionals build trust in a post-trust world. So we're going to take the core philosophy around selling from the heart and we're going to turn it into an equation, Darren, in how to build trust and build trusting relationships. It's all about building authentic relationships with meaningful value, inspirational experiences, and you times that by and you multiply that by daily disciplined habits. 
And that's the next version of selling from the heart just around the corner is we're all going to be working on authentic relationships with meaningful value, creating those inspirational experiences. And we're going to double down on doing this consistently with disciplined habits. And that's what we believe is building trust. So we're going to take selling from the heart. We're going to take the next version of selling from the heart, bring it together to build trusting relationships. I look forward to reading that book. When's that coming out? Any idea? Uh, it's going to be next year. I just now, as we're recording this, I just started to get into writing it. So if everything goes well, it's probably going to be by the summer of 2022. Larry, I appreciate your time. You're a busy guy. Obviously, I know how all-consuming writing a book can be and running the running a business and all that. Where can people go to find out more about your book, more about you, connect with you on social media? You can find everything we're creating at Selling from the Heart at sellingfromtheheart.net. If you want to learn more about the book, you can go to sellingfromtheheart.net forward slash book. You can find me all over LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, You can find the podcast and the blog all on sellingfromtheheart.net. Well, Larry, thanks so much for coming on today. No, it's my pleasure. Look forward to the next time, Darren. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Savage Leader Podcast. My hope is you are walking away with tactics that you can apply to become a better leader in your life and in your career. If you're looking for additional insight and tactics, be sure to check out my book titled The Savage Leader, 13 Principles to Become a Better Leader from the Inside Out. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and I would truly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also rate the podcast. Thanks and see you all in the next episode.